Traffic, traffic. You go where life takes you, and growing up happens in a heartbeat. I hope everyone brought a box of tissues and can handle extreme soft focus. This episode, we're watching The Wonder Years on The Showdown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. And as always, the showdown is recorded in front of a live dog and cat audience. My name is Cliff, and this is the podcast where I, a television idiot, dissect one epic TV series with a television expert. So, Colin, how are things in TV land today? Well, you want me to say that we're all going to cry and hug, Uh but I'm just going to spend a lot more time rolling my eyes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is that that in reference to today's subject? Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, well. The knives are already out? You know, here's, here's the fact of life. This this show represents television in general, and it is about, you know, nostalgia and the future and all of that, sure. and yet we have a lot to say about it. <laughs> okay, well, well uh, with, wow. <laughs> I, don't, a, I don't want to jump ahead to it. very interesting <laughs> intro. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump into, of course, Welcome today's... To TV land. You know, uh-huh. So today, today's subject is, of course, The Wonder Years. One of Colin's favorite programs, is apparently. It? Yeah, it is. So, uh, quick, sh- okay. So, a quick show overview uh, to to get everybody caught up here. So, if you haven't seen the show, you'll have some idea of what the heck we're talking about. The air dates for this show were 1988 to 1993. Uh, it didn't run back in the late 80s, early 90s on ABC. Classified as a 30-minute comedy, although I would argue there's as much dramatic element as oh, comedy yeah. in this. Show. It's all drama. Oh yeah, it's it's certainly meant to make you cry more than it is meant to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are six seasons, which mm-hmm. is a total of 115 episodes, yeah. and the cast you know by heart is Fred Savage, Daniel Stern, who does the narrator voice of mm-hmm. Kevin Arnold, yeah. Jason Hervey, Dan Loria, Allie Mills, Josh Saviano, Danica McKellar, mm-hmm. Olivia Dabo, mm-hmm. and then just a just a whole slew of Lay famous guest me. stars. Let's we got Giovanni Ribisi. David Schwimmer, Juliette Lewis, Seth Green, Dustin Diamond, Mark Paul Gossler, Alicia Silverstone, Mayim Bialik, and surprisingly enough, Jim Caviezel. Jesus himself. That's right. Is in this. He it, shows it, up. Just to name a few. Yeah, yeah. There, oh, there, there are, are quite there are a tons, few. This tons is, more. This this may tons. be up there at the very top of the list of shows where future TV stars made a, an appearance as a as an adolescent. Oh this yeah. This is just chock full. Uh, chock full of them. So the description for this show uh, is the one of yours tracks life in the turbulent late 1960s and early 70s through the eyes of an increasingly less innocent Kevin Arnold. Narrated by an adult Kevin, the show follows him as he faces first love and the obstacles of life with his best friend, Paul. That's nice. That's very nice. So the IMDb rating is 8.3 and TV.com is a 9.3. So -hmm. a little bit of discrepancy there, but it seems like generally people like this show. Mm -hmm. Um, Including the awards community, we have one Golden Globe for comedy series in 1990. Mm -hmm. Four Emmys. Mm -hmm. Got comedy series in 1988, which was its premiere season. Right. Um, After just six episodes right. in the first season, right. they did one its first yeah. end. Kind of amazing. Yep. Direction in 89 and 90 and writing in 90. And then Fred Savage was nominated at 13 
Mm-hmm. And he tied as the youngest nominee ever. That's right. Do you know who he tied for the youngest I, nomination? I don't. Age 13, no. Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Really? Yeah, the only two young actors to be to be nominated at that age for, for lead actor. Sure. Actress, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Pretty pretty interesting. So um, if the filming locations was filmed almost exclusively in California, in Burbank specifically, there's an, ad- there's an address where the Arnold House Aww. is. You can That's I, nice. drive by. I think it's still there. You'll, it's probably recognizable if you're... Familiar with the show. The, the top-rated episode for this series was in Season 3, Episode 20, titled Goodbye, rated at a 9.5. Of course, the faded Mr. Collins episode. Yep. Uh, so bizarre. It, so bizarre. It was very bizarre. We watched it, and it the whole time I was thinking, I mean, obviously I knew the ending, but mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, why is this the highest-rated yeah, episode? It's, yeah, it's it's really weird. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it a little bit yeah, later, we'll but it's it. the episode where, where one of Kevin's teachers... Uh, you know, has a heart attack. Yeah, he dies. And and Kevin finishes his test in true Kevin Arnold fashion. Not to get out of myself, <laughs> makes it all about himself. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He is a jackass. So yep. <laughs> uh, the familiarity disclaimer for this show is I'm I'm very familiar. I had seen every episode of this it, during its first run. I had not watched a drop of it since I was I don't know eight or nine when this came on, and so it was different a different viewing experience for me. You had seen some of this. Before, yeah, I, I'm familiar with some episodes, but I don't I don't think I could really quote it the way some people can. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's definitely a, it has a pop culture presence. So I think whether you've seen it or not, you're probably familiar with what it is and who's in it. But we'd both seen a little bit of it before we started our rewatch. But sure. have now endured a, a face full of the Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. which we're here to. <laughs> We're here to discuss some wonder of the But if you're not familiar with the show at home, perhaps we can jog your memory a little bit with a segment we like to call Theme Song Jukebox. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, how do So, oh, okay. so the, wow, <laughs> there you go. You are just not having it today. I've had so, enough. <laughs> uh-huh. So, the, the, so that the theme song, of course, is is what's called, I guess, found music. It was a song uh, made famous from back in the period of the show was about by Mr. Joe Cocker. That's right, uh, a great singer from from back in the day. Uh, and, and that's it's ripped off for this yeah. uh, for this show's theme song. I think indicative of the way that this show plays <laughs> out. One of the notes, all before we get into to our next segment here, I'll, I'll mention while we're. On the subject is the 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 music budget for this show is crazy. There's a yep. lot. It's all it's like a Forrest Gump soundtrack cornucopia right. of uh, of stuff. And so so this is no different. The theme song, of course, being pulled from a uh, classic song. So we have to move along to the part of the podcast where we break it all down. Colin, are you ready for your close up? Of course. All right, here we go. Right, so close-ups, of course, the part of our program where we go through and talk a little bit more in depth about our feelings on the show. I have a lot. I I I can summarize mine pretty quickly, but I have a lot of detailed notes. Uh, Cliff, I think you should start us off. Okay, I I will. I'm trying to figure. I have timelines. Where to begin? I've written in the margins. Like there's all sorts of craziness. So I'm going to try and summarize this. We don't possibly have time for for all of it, but sure. You know, 
<laughs> I'll, I'll kind of start off, I guess, with this. What a weird pilot. <laughs> like the, the pilot for the show, the very first episode is so strange. And, and I, you know, I, I wrote down specifically what a strange single camera pilot. It felt very awkward uh, in the way they shot the show and the way that it was, the, the way the audio was kind of plugged in. It was, it was strange. And I think I later started to understand as I researched the show. Uh-huh. Because I do research uh-huh. for this podcast. Yeah, you're uh, welcome, uh, audience. Yeah, you, you get me. So uh, it, it, it's it, one of the very first single camera shows that a laugh track. It's, it was it was oh, before the days when that was common back in 1988, and I think that's part of why it was so awkward. But man, the pilot for this show is really bizarre. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you remarked that it wasn't very good halfway through. It wasn't. It wasn't a great pilot. No, think. it was. Yeah. It was a slower pace. I think was part of the problem. That it just didn't it just didn't have the laugh, and maybe it was because the laugh track was missing. Mm-hmm. Part of the difference between multicam sitcoms now that sometimes utilize a laugh track, sometimes don't, mm-hmm. and single camera is that with the laugh track, any any pause in the action is is filled in with that laugh track. Right. Whereas now, single camera comedies typically are jam packed with jokes. Right. So the idea is it's an expectation that you're going to rewatch it later and catch the jokes that you miss when mm-hmm. you're laughing. Other times, it's kind of the difference of the two. It's the norm. Yeah. It's the norm now, right? right? So, it's, right. so today, it would be strange to hear a show with a laugh track. Whereas right. Back then, it was odd to hear one that didn't. I think that's part of what made the pilot so odd. Is it's in a format that seems very common and, and has kind of been I don't know if perfected is the right word, but something like that today. And so to see it kind of in its early form was a little bit weird. Another note I wrote was I I, I don't remember this much narration. Oh, so, there is so much. So Daniel Stern is second build in the yeah. show. And so I, when I first read that, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And after watching the show, he probably should be first build. Yeah, and right. They've got Fred Savage at the top because he's kind of the face of the show. But the narration is just is never ending. It's not, it's not it's necessarily bad. Minute. It's just, man, they took that device and just... It made it the show. Like it's everywhere all the time. Well, and it does that thing where sometimes it's it's explaining what's happening, which you know by today's standards feels a little bit lazy. You know, show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also sometimes is doing that thing where it contradicts what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, most namely perfected by Arrested Development, certainly. Sure. But uh, but I think it's done it a little bit differently, and it gets to the point where. Every time it comes on, there's almost like a what? Okay, what now? Yeah, <laughs> that feeling. Yeah, like it, it. It was definitely odd. Another thing that came up almost immediately that proved true throughout the run of the show was that Winnie has her own theme music. Ooh, the, I did not know. She's the that. only character that has her own theme music, and not every time, but just about every time. Certainly when she first appears in the episode, there's a very like a soft theme music that plays oh, behind nice. her. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's unsettling that it continues into her her, her teen years. Yeah, I I have a lot of thoughts on Winnie Cooper. Maybe maybe now is the best Let's time do it. to go ahead and no dig time into like it. The present. She's a fascinating character because all we ever hear about is how she is Kevin Arnold's dream girl. Uh-huh. But I have noticed. I always kind of thought this before, but I kind of have noticed on this rewatch that she spends so much of this show just kind of looking off into space mm-hmm. and thinking she doesn't do a lot as a as a character and yep. i think that that's probably <laughs> will will be a theme that we'll come back to oh we're gonna come back to it don't <laughs> you worry idea when, when we get to award this, season yeah, oh okay yeah, all right well i'm excited about, about that, that. Uh-huh. um but you know it just it just speaks to essentially what is the problem with this show which mm-hmm. is the singular narrative of 
one kid who is at a time in his life. I'm not, I'm not trying to put judgment on him. He's at a time in his life where everything is focused on him. Oh boy. And we don't get a sense of any other character. He's a child. You're child. I'm not attacking him. I'm saying he is a child. And as a child, he thinks the world revolves around him. Wow. And that's, you know, sorry, children of the world. (laughs) I'm not sorry. It's it's accurate. It's a problem with being a child. And that is essentially the trade off of growing up is that you start to understand that, the world does not revolve around you and that there are bigger things going on and that, mm-hmm. you know, other people have their own personal mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings and motivations and all of that kind of stuff. And that's what helps you become a human being. There you go. Yep. <laughs> that's what, that's what Complete, growing up is. Completed thought. Man, yep. I, we could, you'd, nobody has to watch this show now. They can just, <laughs> you just said that's the ultimate spoiler. Yep. Yeah. That's true. So what else do you have, Colin? Well, I mean, on the subject of Winnie Cooper, obviously mm-hmm. I have written down Winnie Cooper's hair is fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I would like to hear your thoughts on Winnie Cooper. Uh, well, I'm going to save some of that for the awards. Fair I enough, think I, right. I have some I have some specific things to say. Although I, I do want to talk a little bit about the format of this show. Okay. So, so you know, I kind of had to go through and do some research to figure out where this fit in the history of this type of format because okay. it feels like there's a number of very popular things that are almost exactly like this. Yes. Either ripped off each other or and I couldn't figure out the timeline. And so what I kind of wrote down at the beginning is, and this is a show that I like, is Goldberg's kind of ripped this off. Sure. This, yeah. Like if you watch the Goldbergs, like even down to the characters. The gym teacher gym, is a direct like rip off. Everything. Yeah. Like the Goldbergs format is is suspiciously similar. Well, to the I, one I, I mean, I think the Goldbergs is essentially a parody of this because maybe, but there's this was made in the eighties about the sixties mm-hmm. and the Goldbergs was made in the two thousands about the eighties. It is. But like at the same time, like it's That's math parody. That's just math. <laughs> parody blurs the line sometimes between, they just kind of lifted this. That's fair enough. I, I, I think they, let's put it a different way. I think they're very aware of the fact that they have lifted this directly. So, I don't think it's in, stealing or anything maybe we'll do we'll let the lawyers decide that okay. so <laughs> another favorite property of mine the sandlot uh-huh very similar to the sandlot sure. paul and squints yeah same dude well squints was tiny <sighs> and he ended up with wendy peppercorn same by the kid. way uh, the other thing that came to mind immediately was a christmas story uh-huh and what i found out in in reading through this is is a christmas story is actually made in 1983 that's right it was before and this. the creators of the wonder years have openly said since that a christmas story was the inspiration for the creation of the show fascinating yeah so i kind of went full circle there at uh, it, it felt interesting. It, it's it was it was an inspiration to the point where they even went as far as and I didn't notice it. We we watched the finale here not too long ago, but apparently Peter Billingsley is actually in the finale. Oh, as a, as yeah. a tribute, he plays a part in the finale. So we'll have to rewatch it and see. We didn't. Yeah, I didn't have him listed as one of the character actors. Yeah, in the I, cast. I saved him as a surprise. Oh, I saved nice. It as a That's surprise, but nice. he, he's actually in it for that for that reason, which I well, thought was great. really cool. That's so, really cool. So, Colin, it's time to talk about the the timeline here. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, because we started watching this. You know, season one, episode one, obviously, right. as we are set in as we are known to do. Yep. Set in 1968. Kevin was 12 years old. <laughs> Kevin was 12 years old. Uh, I, the the first episode of note I kind of go through here and, and and try to make some notes was the finale actually of season one, uh, where Kevin got Zach Morris. Oh yeah. One of one of oh, the yeah. maybe the greatest moments in TV, I believe. I, I caught you not paying attention during that. That's right. You rewound it for and me. I, I, because I you are a it. good husband. Yeah, I stopped and, and rewound it so that you could. You could watch, and I feel like it was it was worth the 
Oh, yeah. 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 Kevin asks out a girl. For those of you who don't remember, Kevin asks out a girl via a note passed in class. Lisa, by the way. Lisa Berlini. That's right. Lisa Berlini. Is that girl's name. Um, she trifling. She trifling. Yeah. And, you know, she says yes. She says okay. Mm-hmm. She says okay. She'll go to the dance with yeah. him. And then immediately, not 10 seconds later, she goes outside and Zach Morris himself. Franklin and or Bash yep. to the dance. Because well, they're both in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Both Franklin and Bash are, are in the Again, Wonder Years. Like a Stefan sketch. Uh-huh. This, these guest stars are everything. We got Franklin. We got Bash. <laughs> it's it pretty whole, amazing. The, it's the whole shebang. Yeah. The, the cameos are, are – if you don't – if you, even if you hate the format of this show – it's worth it for the cameos. It is fun. In fact, I wrote down, I feel bad for all the people who guest star on the show who don't later get famous. I know. There's, the percentage has got to be pretty <laughs> I know, low. I know. Yeah, it's got to be pretty. It's a, it's yep. a, low, it's a, a small club. So uh, so season two. Yes. Uh, I, I got to. I just made notes about every season here. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, season two, the black and white freeze frame endings are gone, thankfully. That was okay. something that was. I didn't really, even notice this. It was really bugging yeah, me about season one. Is, rolling my eyes a lot more. Yeah, the end of every episode of season one is a freeze frame and then it turns black and white and then it fades away and it was it's really like a weird I didn't like it at all so they I got, they I got rid of that in thoughts two. on that so when I was in grad school I did some work on um the use of home video recording you know this mm-hmm. sort of like fast pace sometimes in color sometimes in black and white there's sure, no sound like a, you can see the the camcorder like mixed ones, format type of, yeah mm-hmm. exactly and and this kind of like instant nostalgia it's supposed to evoke and it's and it's one of those things you know at at the time I thought it was just so revolutionary and brilliant and Mm -hmm. then looking back it seems so kitschy and I think that black and white ending kind of does the exact same thing where you're just like yeah, we get it. This time was special, and it's yeah, lost and forgotten. It's very heavy-handed. It's, it's a great word for it. Com- heavy-handed, combined yeah. with the credits for sure, because the credits are home movie-like. And oh yeah, they they cut to a lot of that stuff in the middle of the episodes. Oh it's yeah, a lot of you know just, just you know. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I have, and, I have and, some choice words. <laughs> excellent, uh-huh. excellent. And along those lines, I'll, I'll say the the music does the exact same thing. But mm-hmm. typically, music doesn't work this way. But because, like you said, it was it was the Forrest Gump soundtrack of mm-hmm. every single best song of the of the late mm-hmm. 60s early 70s it's it's doing so much heavy lifting for the show as, right. as far as instantly evoking such a particular feeling or taking you to a time period in history or whatever they even throw in news footage at the time yeah it's really it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of throwbacks so that that's a good segue to my next note here which is what Excellent. is what is the music budget yeah a billion dollars for the show <laughs> like they like that like how much were they spending on licensing rights for these because it is a good question every episode it's they're just stacked on top of each other like it's really well i'll tell you whatever they whatever they needed to spend on money they they probably used uh the prime currency of nostalgia i guess so yeah so season three yeah episode one yeah Gwyneth Paltrow? It is not Gwyneth Paltrow. We had a long debate about this. I would like our listeners to know that it is not Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm -hmm. but it definitely looks like her. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Season three, episode 20, Mr. Collins shows up again. So bizarre. It is very bizarre because they never really become as close as you would expect. This is not, this is not a Lisa substitute situation. Yeah. This is a good teacher. Don't make me choke up. I know. Don't make me think about Lisa substitute. I, I, I will... I don't know. I won't make it through this podcast. I won't either. You're okay. gonna make me do it. Right, settle I'm down, everybody. Settle down. Settle down. All right. That's what I'm saying. Is the the show tries to be that, and and it's possible that The Simpsons is pulling from that episode of The Wonder Years. Sure. Sure. But it it just doesn't have 
you feel bad for Kevin because he kind of tried to stick it to him and then mm-hmm. he died immediately of a broken heart, apparently, which they did not go as far as to, uh, to say that that's what oh, happened. But geez. you could tell they wanted to. You could uh-huh. tell it was a fight in the writer's yeah. room. Yeah. I, you know, so so then I, we move on to the season three finale. Yep. I wrote, was this supposed to be the series finale? It was it was one of the few season finales that we watched where, where it was set up in a way that it, it was it wrapped up everything. Like it, it felt very much like a, I, I did a lot. Like I started watching, I'm like, is this, was this the end? Like I had to kind of double check and make sure. Maybe maybe they didn't know if they were coming back for a fourth season. Sometimes shows do that where they kind of tie it up just in case. Yeah. Like there was no cliffhanger. There was no illusion. It was like a very clean, like he did everything, but the whole, you know, and then here's what happened 20 years later to which of course we get a little bit later. We get that. Yeah. I have to say the, the rewatch that we took with the beginnings and ends of the seasons, Mm -hmm. it ended up being kind of weird because almost every single episode dealt with the summer. You know, at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. they try to recap what happened over the summer. And then at the end of the season, they try to preview, not I mean not preview, but say the beginning of the summer starts this way. And, and so we got a lot of vacation yeah. episodes, a lot mm-hmm. about the lake. And certainly a lot of episodes where Kevin is meeting some rando yeah. and cheating of, on Winnie. A lot of Caras. Oh, yeah. Cara, uh, Tara. Is it? Who knows? Terry? Betty. Yeah. All Wil- of the Wilma? Yeah. Is that, a, is that a person? <laughs> uh, season four, episode one, Ben Hanscom shows up. All right. Ben Hanscom, which I know you didn't, I, I still don't I'm think not, you quite. I know who he is. He's from It, he's, right? He plays, yeah, Ben. the actor that plays the kid Ben Hanscom from the TV version of sure. it to the, the, and I'll, I'll at me if you want about this, the superior version okay. of I'm that story. Gonna, I'm not going to have uh, a big fight about it. Yeah. Well, you know, the internet may. So uh, I, I, not that I don't like the, the more recent movie that was made, but I, I grew up with a terrific fear <laughs> of Pennywise. And so that, I, that actor, um, it looks very similar to the way I think they must've been filmed pretty close together. I don't know. Sure. Exactly, yeah. That I makes sense. Late yeah. Late 80s, 80s, early 90s, yep. like 91 perhaps yep. is when the TV movie was. Yeah, he he shows up. But he actually has a pretty big part. He plays one of Kevin's crew yeah. when they're, I think, graduating junior high. Yep. And then I started to kind of get off the rails <laughs> okay. a little bit here. As did the show, I'm sure. Uh, the next thing I wrote is, all these long pauses, people must think Kevin is insane. Yeah. Uh, and and the, I wrote that at a specific point. I, I think season four is where the delivery happens where the teacher oh my gosh yes this i am saving for one of my later sections okay well. <laughs> yeah so we won't go too far into it but at some point there there's a lot of people that end up suffice to say talking to kevin yep and to fit as much narration as they have if you watch it with like i'd like to see a version of some of these shows without the narration yeah because he just looks insane it's, yeah it's, she's just they, somebody asks him a question and he just like stares around for a while for for a good 20 30 seconds and looks at him and goes yeah Maybe that's why I think Winnie stares off into space so much because we're just listening to narration. Maybe she has her own narration that we can't hear. Oh, that would make so yeah, much sense. I yeah. want to watch that show. Okay. I want to learn more about Winnie Cooper. It's all it's all coming together now. And Tell then, me how you get your hair to look like. Uh-huh. So season five. Yep. I wrote. This is. I think I started to go a little bit loopy here. I wrote. Uh-huh. Is Kevin becoming Frank Stallone? Okay. Um, <laughs> he looks more and more. <laughs> Like Frank Stallone okay, with every savage. episode, and it is disturbing. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Watch <laughs> if you want to watch a child slowly morph into Frank Stallone. Watch <laughs> the Wonder Years, specifically seasons four, five, and six. 
And it is, a, it is the greatest magic trick Look, you've ever seen. Sometimes a show gives you what they think they're going to give you, and sometimes a show delivers a very special, I thought unexpected it was amazing. present. I, that's what I'm it's, saying. It's what kept me watching, yeah, is how much more great. like Frank Stallone that's can this great. kid look like? And yep. it turns out the answer is quite a bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Season five also starts with the cold opens. So there oh. were no cold openings in the show, as I, I noticed, notice that until season five, and they start oh. with the cold opens, which Glad was another interesting device. So what else did you have, Colin? <laughs> well, I think the last thing I'm, I have in close-ups here is that I think Fred Savage is actually a pretty good actor. Sure. And I, and I think it's kind of a bummer that he... I mean, it's not a bummer because he, I think, has done a lot of great direction since this show, and and I think he does a great job. I I kind of have noticed when he's listed as a director on TV shows and other stuff that I like. But it's kind of a bummer that he didn't stay in front of the camera a little bit more. I think he's a really good actor. I think so. I mean, we'll talk about. It. I think some of his maybe it's a good segue to some of the the, the facts about this show. I okay, think there's some yeah. interesting. This, this show really had an impact on pop culture. But so maybe to talk about that, Fred Savage went on to become a, a more famous producer director. Yep. On a couple of our favorite shows, oh, yeah. it's always Sunny in Philadelphia, sure, and Party Down, yeah, yeah, part of both of yeah. those shows, which was which was really cool. So some interesting facts which, about which is great. Can I just interject? The oh, great please. thing about him being a director on Party Down is that it's a show about a child actor who grows up. It's there seems like there's some yep. pretty good experience Parallel. that was yep. relayed there. So a couple of, of kind of random facts about the show, but things I thought were interesting. Uh, you know, did you know it premiered directly after the Super Bowl? In 1988, I think one of the shows that they first started kind of pulling that stunt. Now yeah. it's pretty common that oh, it's very whichever network is hosting a Super Bowl will save a sample special episode, usually yep. of a new show, and and show it, which is always bizarre to me because that happens like at 12:30 in the morning. Yeah, and it still gets the highest rated. Yeah, numbers. who's who's like I'm not tired after watching this this unnecessarily long kids. football game. I guess <laughs> people who don't have kids. Yeah, that's it, the answer. Really, <laughs> full stop. That's yeah, the yeah, really strange. So the creator of this show, Marlins and Black, uh-huh. uh, also created the shows Growing Pains and Ellen, yep. and were writers for Three's Company and New Art. Nice. So some 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 really interesting TV ties. Uh, they, right. they also and one of them is a woman. They also, for that reason, are responsible for uh, Jack Arnold, the father in the Wonder Years, at one time dating Maggie Seaver, the mother Ooh. from Growing Pains. Yes. Wait, but what about Mrs. Arnold? What about Mrs. Arnold? Okay. What Mrs. Arnold doesn't know because okay. she's not real. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> none of them are real. They're, 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 I, I think we also should address the fact that in one time, I don't know if you remember. I remember this. So as soon as I read it, I remembered. We'll see. From I, back I, in I, the day see. that uh, there's a rumor that that's lived for years and years that Paul Pfeiffer was actually Marilyn Manson. I was gonna. Remember I was that? gonna make that joke on this podcast. I was gonna make it during the episode during the rewatch, and then I was like, no, I'm gonna save it for the podcast. Well, but yes, I. Do you remember that rumor? So it's been since proven not true. Yep. Although they, it has been joked about a little bit. The, the actual Paul Pfeiffer, Josh Saviano, Saviano, <laughs> uh, went on in in the show in, in the uh, in the finale. It says he went to Harvard and graduated and became a lawyer. That's right. In real life, that actor became a lawyer but graduated from Yale instead Ooh, of Harvard. Rivalry. Yeah. So that's so where kind did of, Marilyn Manson graduate from? Oh. <laughs> The other, the other fun fact about this, I'm guessing this is on your list somewhere, Winnie Cooper herself, Danica McKellar, mm-hmm. is uh, very smart and has gotten very impressive degrees. I don't remember which mm-hmm. ones. A PhD in something, but yep. I can't remember in what. 
I, I, yeah, she's she's a smart lady. Yep. I, I do I do have a note about about Winnie Cooper, but nothing about her, her intellect. Unfortunately. Wow. Okay. Well, she's it's smart. the it's the actress's intellect, but it, sure. Well, she is. But, but Winnie Cooper is also smart. But she, well, not smart enough to ditch mm, Kevin Arnold. Well, that's, but, we'll talk about that. So, all right. uh, Did you did you know that Winnie Cooper's uh, Danica McKellar's sister plays Becky Slater no. in the show? So they auditioned against each other for the role of Winnie Cooper. Danica won, but they liked her sister so much for the part that they gave her another uh, part in the first season. That's great. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. What else do we have here? Uh, did you know that, oh, this is an amazing note that I wrote. Did you know that David Chase wrote an unaired script of The Wonder Years? Fascinating. That featured hard drugs in it. Oh. And so the producers <laughs> ultimately, the, while they love the script, I'd love to see that. I've, I've, it's I not an actual yeah. copy of that, but uh, the Big producers decided over here. it was a little much. Sure. Uh, so was he in the writer's room for... No, I, oh, so okay. I, I think they... He, he wrote a spec script? Yeah, I think he yeah. wrote a spec script, okay. basically. And so he was a known writer at the time, but yeah. obviously nothing like he is uh, today. Yeah. Uh, did you, I, I told you this earlier, Daniel Stern's real son. Uh, that's his yeah. voice in the finale when yeah. he's Daniel Stern, the narrator, right. is talking in the very last lines of the show. He's going to, to, to play catch with his kid. That's his real son in the, that's sweet. Uh, in the voiceover. And then... Finally, the show was canceled. <laughs> do, do you Yikes. know? Do, do, you, do you know the, the story? I do not. No, lay it on me. So the show, there's there's kind of a, a controversy, and we we would we, I think we'd probably be remiss if we didn't talk about it, just because you know we don't want to be. It's the showdown after all. Is the you know whitewashing history here, but the the show was canceled in part because the producers say the creators of the show say it, it ran its course, but there was a harassment suit filed against Fred Savage and Jason Hervey. Uh, it was denied and settled out of court, but a lot of people attribute that harassment suit by, I think, a member of the wardrobe crew Yikes. as to be the ending of the show. So most of the information out on the interwebs seems to say that it was a kind of a frivolous lawsuit, but it also reads an awful lot like some stuff that here in 2019 yep. has turned out to be... Pretty, Mostly true. Pretty a true. Lot of the time. So I have no idea. Well, that's unsettling. Either way, like it's been. I think it's kind of been long put away, and it was settled. And that, but but for the reason the show ended, for what most people say, is it has a lot to do with that lawsuit coming about. And I think a lot also they said because the show was really intended to be about kids of a certain age, and at some point the stars of the show sure, were too yeah, old to too keep old. making yeah, the show about that college. Content. It's not the Wonder Years anymore. Yeah. So, what do you think? Else you got for close-ups, Colin? No, that's it. I think we can close up the close-ups bag. All right, let's wrap it up. I'll have the orchestra play us off. Now it's time for our most unpopular take. Let's get over dramatic. All right, this is the part of the podcast where we say an unpopular opinion or an over dramatic opinion or something that might ruffle us some feathers. Okay. Cliff, I think you should start us off. Sure. So my overdramatic take is, I, I think, just the truth. <laughs> okay. After having watched it, sure. I, I would have argued with myself before rewatching it. After uh-huh. rewatching it, yep. I, this is this is this is uh, undeniable fact. Paul is the real hero of this story. Yeah. Well, Pfeiffer. Kevin is a jerk. Yeah. Uh, and Paul seems to be the only one making reasonable decisions. Paul Pfeiffer is king. You know, I, I also was the side note. Also, Winnie Cooper is basic, but that's just okay. a different. That's I, a, <laughs> I think I have to agree with this. In no way am I saying Danica McKellar is, is basic, mm-hmm. but Winnie Cooper, I think she basic. <sighs> she basic for she real. She does not have basic hair, but she basic. So, it's okay. debatable. Right. So, but but right. my original point being, Kevin is a is a just a real yeah. jerk in this show. Like yeah. if you watch it, like I realize the conflict of the show is about him making choices and that's where the dramatic art comes from. Like I get it, but man, just 
every episode is him doing something, just being a real, you know, jerk. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll search some other words here later. Yep. Uh, and Paul seems to always be kind of dragging him out of it. Yeah, there, there are times valedictorian he, and yep. making up and dragging him back into stuff and the greatest wingman of all time just yeah. sitting in the back seats of cars yes. and doing nothing. And yeah. You know, he takes Paul to the beach and then Paul gets a little bit sick right. and then he just leaves him alone while yeah. he goes and hangs out with a girl. Strength one for the Paul Pfeiffers of the world. Because yeah. I, yep. I think I think he really this story is about how you, you need to be, you know, less of a Kevin and more of a Paul. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I so, agree. Okay. Yeah, so so mine is kind of along similar lines. I'll I'll start. It's kind of two parter. First part is just that I found the show a tad preachy. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Just a, just, just, just a, a little tad? bit of like okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Is fair that enough. what's dramatic? Yeah. You only found it a tad <laughs> okay, preachy. Fair enough. I, I found it quite preachy. Uh-huh. Um, and then and then the second half of this is. Enough about the suburbs already. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. say as the one who grew up in the suburbs and currently lives in the suburbs, mm-hmm. enough about the suburbs already. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, appealing to a very sp- specific waspy type of uh, type of story. I feel yep. like the story is probably not relatable to people outside of a certain domain. And right. it, it doesn't seem to want to expand too much further away from that there really aren't any minority characters like I, I i get that they're going for what it was kind of in that glass bubble but at the same time like it's a real it's a real white story <laughs> like, yeah it's... it is well and and i'll even say just the the show deals with the vietnam war mm-hmm. a little bit in a really not effective way i don't think it handled it well well, I think it was trying to walk a line between yeah. kind of you know, like representing how different people felt about it. And there wasn't right. really a political take on it, you know, further away from we're going to show you different types of characters that had different feelings about it along the way. And it, it was the most important subject, at least one of the most important subjects of the time. At least it was kind of being dealt with worldwide. And so uh, it was kind of weird to see them sort of address it, but not really. I think towards the end, they got a little bit more forward with it there was sure. an episode I think was it the season six the final season uh yeah, premiere where the yeah. or wart comes back yep. from the war and they deal a little bit with ptsd and yep. like there's that that was the only kind of genuine moment that you well the the big one was in the pilot winnie cooper's brother goes to vietnam mm-hmm. and you find out in the pilot of brian the show cooper, brian believe, cooper yeah. that's right you find it in the pilot that he was killed right it's fascinating right but it does it but it's it's but even at that it's really it's just about how it affects it's the people. Over. How mean, it affects talks about the, the children to related Winnie. to it, which is fine. Yeah, but then yeah. of course it, as usual, veers back into Kevin's story of how can I make this work for me? I know, right? Oh, come on, Jerk. Kevin Arnold. So I think that pretty much covers our unpopular takes. <laughs> yeah, on the show. yeah. Sorry about that. We got a little a little off the rails there, <laughs> yeah, but that's we were right. we were upset. That's right. We were we were visibly upset. So uh, with that, we'll take a quick break and try and and try and calm ourselves. We'll we'll have a few shots, and when we come back. We're going to hand out some awards and pass some judgment. All right, we're back on the showdown. Let's get gussied up. It's Dundee time. Right, this is the part of our podcast where we get to give out some very special awards. We give out a best Dundee and a worst Dundee, mm-hmm. and you look annoyed already. Yeah. Let's let's get going. Yeah, this is lay it on me, Cliff. This is about to get ugly. Yep. So I'll start with my best. That's Great. that's a little bit easier. So my, my okay. best is is the gym teacher, Mr. Cutlip. The first of this type. Well, maybe not the very first, but one of the first of this type of 
character and one of the few reliable comedic elements of this show. I think in a show that bills itself as a comedy, which really isn't a comedy, like it, it is, but in, it's it's really more of a of, a, of a nostalgic drama. Uh, Mr. Cutlip was there to pull me back out of the darkness every time. Every time I'd get too far in, I'm like, oh, I can't handle it. And I, you know, I, some more oldies are coming at my face. Mr. Cutlip steps in and he's just there to, to help out and make everybody feel better. So, so my best Dundee Award goes to uh, the, the glorious gym teacher, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Yep. Uh, junior high. Yep. Mr. Cutlip. Yep. Great. Excellent. Excellent mm-hmm. award. I actually believe it or not, I have the gym teacher written down as my honorable mention for best oh boy. as well. Okay. Yeah. I All think, right. I think, I think everything you said a hundred times over is mm-hmm. great. So uh, my actual best Dundee is going to go to a moment in the show. Uh, I can't remember the episode, but essentially Kevin and Paul are trying to learn about sex. Mm-hmm. So they go to a bookstore mm-hmm. naturally because they didn't have the internet back then. Sure. And they, they try to buy a book called, Let's see if I can get the exact title. Everything you ever wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask. I think that's it's it. kind of a famous yeah, book. I think you nailed it. So they they don't buy it; they steal it. But essentially, he gives her extra money, so it's not technically steal it. But anyway, okay. they take it home. There's a whole thing where he and Wayne are fighting over it, and then the mother comes in and and she finds the book and she's flabbergasted, and and Kevin's all worried that he's going to yell at her, and she says, "I don't know what's worse, the fact that you have this book." Or the fact that you were going through my dresser drawers. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, the reveal is that she has the same book. Yeah. So the reason that this is the best Dundee is because... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I blacked out there for a okay, second. Okay, it's not that long of a story. I'm trying to explain <laughs> the moment. So the reason it is because it's a it's a very genuine, real moment of parenting mm-hmm. where yeah. you get a glimpse... You know, when you're a kid, during your own wonder years, mm-hmm. you have this idea that your parents are these sort of mythic figures, mm-hmm. right? And so to, to get little glimpses of them as real human beings mm-hmm. is very essential to growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. it, and it was, such... would you call them growing pains? No, no, I would not. <laughs> I would not call them that. Okay. I'm just saying okay. it's a, it's a moment where you... as long as we've got each other. Okay. I'm not, um, okay. I'm not doing Sorry, this. Proceed. All I'm, right. I'm trying to say I that it's a, it's a moment where you, you feel relief that, that you're seeing sort of the man behind the curtain. Right. In the okay. Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. And, and I, I just thought it was such a quintessential moment for this kind of a show mm-hmm. and it was the only one like it mm-hmm. you know true. it was a little disappointing that it that it was like it was unique for sure yeah and mm-hmm. and i i wish the show had had more of those kinds of moments where just a little glimpse of the parents as human beings and and relatable people who have mistakes and sure. silly habits okay. sorry mom and dad yeah, so, it's not personal it's yeah, just a fact so of life gonna, so moving along they listen to the show yeah. <laughs> all right so that's my best done yeah that, i think that's good it was it was a long way around but i, I think the point is is well taken which <laughs> it's is not that long of a way around it's it, we've it's been it's been 45 minutes since okay. we started the story. um yeah i i, I would agree i think that's a worthy award so so should i talk about my worst please do maybe i should go first with my worst mine's maybe. very simple why, why don't you go first all right so so mine is a is a moment in the show that you mentioned before it's very specific uh kevin is in the car with his english teacher um and she goes into labor and he has to drive a stick shift to the hospital he's yep. never driven before mm-hmm. and i guess he stays while she has her baby sure and then they hand the baby to him yeah, and boy, he says weird. i became a dad that day 
and it was super weird and yeah. I'm not okay with it. Yeah, that was a weird that was a weird sequence for it sure. It was weird. It and was, it, you you even commented, is this a dream sequence? Yeah, I think yeah. that was my that was my, my super strange. My my brain went into emergency mode like this this cannot <laughs> this be this right. uncomfortable. This <laughs> right. has got to be a dream sequence or some yep. of some sort. So I I think that's a that is way up there with the worst moments <laughs> of the show for sure. So so my worst award goes to man this is gonna really okay. this is gonna rub some people the wrong way although i don't think there's a lot of them <laughs> listening to this my my worst was the baby boomer sensibility of the oh, show okay. I, I, I think the agree. this show is very heavy-handed in nostalgia but not just any nostalgia the nostalgia of the most important things in the world and about childhood and about being a parent and living in america and being a patriot all this other stuff seen only through the eyes of a very specific experience in a very specific generation. And I think it's, you know, we're not a political show, nor do we aim to be, but I, I, I think it's indicative of a lot of other stuff that happens. Where White male a, middle class, well, would you say? Well, there's a, all of that kind of wrapped into one. And so this show is would be more entertaining if it was more inclusive and diverse, which is not... Uh, it's not me trying to make a play to say, hey, we should all be nice. Like, it really would be a better show. Yeah, I agree. Like, regardless of whether or not it's the right thing to do. And so I, I think something that was the worst about this show was the the tunnel vision of this of this experience right it's it's still a good show it's not a bad show like it's a very well-made creative pioneering show in some ways but they did themselves a disservice by not stepping back a little bit and kind of looking outside of that baby boomer experience of what really is important about growing up at that at that time and i think that was that was frustrating after a while because it felt very repetitive like you said every show was about you know, summer vacation and let's go and do this and we're going to the beach and we're going to have, you know, all this, all this, this really middle class experience, which is relatable to a very small amount of people. And so it doesn't make it unentertaining, but it does make it a little repetitive. Yeah. I mean, just, just having Kevin go through some experiences that normal people had to go through in, in high school, this yeah. David Chase script where he encounters drugs. That's pretty standard for yeah. the end of the and 60s. They, or they, at every 70s. now and then they touch on stuff here and there, but for the most part, it's a, it's just a really waspy show, which yeah. is, you know, which a lot of shows are, but this one trying to kind of at the same time hold itself up as this very uh, prophetic show. Like they have a lot of sayings and statements and things and the narration is very like it's like reading an advice book about how to raise children like at some point you're not not really qualified to give a lot of that advice because you haven't represented anything close to the broadest experience of what those things are like right i agree and that will be clear in my judgment okay (laughs) so shifting gears uh my honorable mention for worst was winnie's dialogue she's a real she's a real waif yeah (laughs) she just like i said she is not made a three-dimensional character which is fascinating she's the love interest of the show and she has no third dimension she is just a to use a, a to use a phrase from that time that comes to mind to describe her. She's a real space cadet. Yeah. Like there is, she's just a, the way that she talks and what she says. And I realize it's just kind of the dialogue that she was given, but man, have a thought, please. Well, like, don't blame her. Blame the writer. Blame no, right. Kevin, who's that's, telling the story. That's what's so bizarre is the discrepancy between the character and who the actress really is. Right. Like, like knowing that she went on to accomplish all this stuff almost makes it worse. It's like, say something besides, yeah, or maybe, or like I don't she's, know. she's the, she, him, her, and Kevin both are like the like the king and queen of one word responses. Yeah, like I it's agree because we gotta insanity. put the narration in there. Yeah. So okay, I, look. Yep. Yeah. Calming down. Yep. 
I'm calming down. I don't know why I got so upset about that. Well, I think it's a I think it's a fair criticism. I I will say other female characters in this show are not much better. She is he, a waif. He has a sister who has like four lines. I in know. The show. She's like, His poor mother has nothing yeah, to do. Like, Peace, yeah, love and smoking pot. Yeah, and I'm gonna go the, to college. She and got I'm, pregnant. I'm like, what a, like what? Right. It's it was no it, information. It was bizarre. So yeah. we're gonna. We're going to take these awards uh-huh. and we're going to... We're going to film them with an old 8mm camera. Sure, yeah, I think that's and that's best. Yeah, and we're going to play some uh, some some early 70s uh, popular rock over the top while we yep. make a film. And then we will we will mail that off to, to the recipients. So we'll get that done. And now while we do that, we'll have the, the show orchestra play us off. It's time to get serious. Oh, I'm serious. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you have your courtroom best on? Look, you can see that I have my robe on. All right. For, the, okay. for the judge's robe. A judge's time. robe, not a bathrobe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, look, you could have fooled me. So uh, it's time <laughs> to go before Judge Stone uh, and give our closing arguments. You ready? Yep. So our closing arguments is the part of our show where we go through and uh, give one final impassioned plea as to our thoughts about the show and then give the show a score. We're going to give the show a score each on a scale of zero to five stars. And then in true star search fashion, we're going to combine those scores to give it a grand total out of 10 and then compare that to other shows that we've reviewed here on, on the Showdown podcast. So we'll go ahead and get started, Colin. Would you like yeah, to go first? I would love to. So so my judgment summary here is going to be very much in line with your worst Dundee. And I wrote, here's my ultimate problem with this show. It was made by middle-aged white men who look up back at this era as the good old days. Mm-hmm. And neither this time in history nor this age in life were ever the good old days. Mm-hmm. And it's problematic on a lot of levels. It's a revisionist history, and it's filled with pseudo-profound psychology about what we should be doing or what life should look like, and it's from a very narrow viewpoint. And I just I thought that it, it tries so hard to be nostalgic, and it just ends up becoming very saccharine mm-hmm. most of the time. Okay. And I didn't find it that funny. Um, wow. it was, it was interesting at times You're going nuclear on <laughs> this, this is my judgment. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I determined uh-huh. it. So I have given it a score for those reasons of two stars, two stars, two stars. What? Okay. Don't get mad at me. You know, I'm tough, but fair. I don't even know. How okay. Many, okay. I don't even know what to say right it's now. It's your so, turn. Okay. Say, say what you feel. Okay. So, uh, my closing <laughs> arguments, I'll just read what I wrote here. All right. Uh, schmaltz. Thy name is the Wonder Years. Uh, I mean, that's that was the word that really felt like it summed up what's going on. This is just schmaltzy, schmaltzy show. Ten-year-old uh, Cliff liked this show. He wasn't wrong, but not as great as I remember. I think the difference between watching this as a kid and probably as someone of the age group that had those experiences at that time is different than watching it kind of as an outsider sure. of, of either one of those those two groups and so uh you know a good show entertaining show for the most part i think it has great parts about it um i did give it a plus one for influential footprint i think it did a lot to launch careers of other actors and other devices it used in a time when those devices weren't really being used and it's it's made such an impact on pop culture that i think it warrants that that extra star Uh, but ultimately landed on a a score of 3.1 stars all right so i think that gives us a total of 5.1 5.1 stars, right. just barely above average, which is quite unbelievable well, um, that Colin would do this 
uh, to this show. I, I feel I feel an, I feel ambushed. I I don't, it, I don't mean to. It's just you know the like I said the female characters don't have any third dimension to their character no. at all. On top of the fact that this is a show about a selfish little boy. What about Kara? Oh God, she's like. I got a boyfriend, man. You got to get out of here. <laughs> she smokes and has a boyfriend. Yeah. And that's her character. She has three, uh, three dimensions right there. <laughs> Is a lady, smokes cigarettes, has boyfriend. What else? What more could she possibly a accomplish? A good, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so, all right. So, so. With that, we'll go ahead and, and take our second break here uh, while we get all those things straightened out and we do our paperwork. But yep. don't go away because when we come back, we're going to play some games. Hey, everybody, this is Cliff, your TV idiot. And this is your television expert, Colin. And we're here to tell you all about our pre-award winning podcast called The Showdown. We know you love TV. We do, too. And we're not here to judge how much. So to feed your craven addiction, we'll explore one amazing all-time TV show on every single episode. This episode, we're watching Home Improvement. We're watching Bachelor in Paradise. Low Deck Mediterranean. Gilmore Girls. We're watching Mr. Ed. Friends. The Curse of Oak Island. We're watching Unsolved Mysteries. The Golden Girls. Family Matters. True Blood. We'll talk trivia, play games, rate, and of course, throw down some very questionable opinions. The show is a is a murderer. Robert Stack's trench coats have everything. Shoulder pads, <laughs> buttons, lapels, earth tones. Yeah, they're incredible. Well, four hooves and a mouth is like five fingers, right? If you think oh about boy. it. So okay. it's like it's like a one-handed surgeon. Okay. Don't think about it too yeah, hard. It, it would right, totally work right. though. Yeah. I, look, if if I needed emergency surgery and the only physician available were Mr. Ed, I would let him operate. Okay. The answer is always more, more ghosts. ghosts. <laughs> You're purporting that Mr. T is the charismatic element of the A-Team? He's the only one well, I know. Why don't you just say Murdoch for that? No, you know what? Stop. Okay. So listen to the showdown on any service where fine podcasts are available and channel surf over to our website for more surprises at www.showdownpodcast.com. See you soon. All right. We're back with the showdown, the Wonder Years episode. Colin, it's time for my very favorite part of the show. Are you ready to play some games? Of course I am. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. All right, everybody. Welcome to Bonus Rounds, where every episode we play for the Grand Championship of the showdown. That's right. Are you ready to compete for the Wonder Years I championship have, crown? I have my cool Jets jacket on. Okay. And I'm going to wear something that's going to make me a good thinker. I'm, I'm losing this. Okay, so let's so, just move on. So no then. All right. Great. Uh, that does not bode well for your chances. So, no, it doesn't. Uh, so bonus rounds is where we uh, we play some games. We have a big wheel here full of about 20 games that we came up with uh, that are by most counts pretty stupid. But we're going to play them anyway. That's why we like them. Uh, we, we do love them. We're going to play three rounds. Each round we're going to play one game to determine winner and the best two out of three of these three bonus rounds that we're going to play uh will receive the championship trophy for the winners right. episode are you ready yeah would you like to spin first i would love to right, yes please oh boy huh oh, okay okay we've landed on designated survivor adjust your your tv set so yep. uh designated survivor is of course a game where we very simply choose upon nuclear annihilation 
which yeah. is perhaps relevant for this particular time in history. Yeah. Uh, who who would be the the lone survivor of of an attack on this show? Specifically, I have to pick one one person to survive. Colin, would you like to go first? Actually, I think you should go first. Okay, I'm I'll, just going to say it. I think oh, you should go first. Okay, all right. Well, I, I, you probably you are going to guess my answer. Yeah. My answer is, uh, is it Mr. Paul Pfeiffer. That's right. Hall is the only redeemable character in this, <laughs> in this show. Uh, not even, you know, everybody's flawed. Mr. Collins, glad he's gone. Everybody. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. But Paul deserves to survive. And in my version of this uh, event is is the lone survivor. He'll be able right. to. I don't know. It's it's an Urkel situation. Like he'll okay. <laughs> be able to figure out a way to repopulate the earth. We're gonna pin our hopes on on Paul Pfeiffer. All right. Yeah. I think I think that's a great answer. And mm-hmm. and I insisted you go first because I suspected that would be your answer. Uh-huh. And I have to agree. It's it's a great answer. I however went a different way. Yeah. I do think Paul deserves to survive, mm-hmm. but I think our best chance for the human race. And this is a surprising answer. Uh-huh. Is Wayne? No. Yeah. Here's no. Why. I won't. No. He's I won't listen. I won't guy, listen. But he's scrappy and he's resourceful and he's one of those kind of bumbling idiots who's going to make something happen. Listen, butthead. <laughs> why is he using Biff Cannon's catch? I don't understand what's going on. He's a weird character. So that's that's the real that's, answer. That's my Wayne. answer. Yeah, because I kind of knew you would pick Paul, and I don't want to have Paul as my answer too. So I, I will concede that that you win the first round. I hope so. But I wanted to have a, a fun and interesting submission. You don't want to win? Okay. Our, our <laughs> listeners deserve. I do want to win, but I can't get the same answer. Our listeners deserve. I think. I think Better. Wayne is an interesting answer. It's not about who deserves. It's about who's going to be the best chance for survival of the human race. Okay. All right. And he Good. is scrappy and weird, and he's going to make it work. He's, he is those things. So, yep. uh, well, so okay. So round one goes to uh, Cliff yep. uh, here on the showdown. So we're going to play round two. Yeah, uh, and you've got every chance in the world to come That's back. That's right. So I sure do. I'm expecting a strong finish here. I am too. All right, I'm going to go ahead and spin the wheel. All right. Here I go. Oh boy. Ooh, oh, this one's going to be good. Oh, we haven't played this in a while. This is the recasting office. Fitting theme song That's for this, for it this is. episode. A, a, a theme song of a famed recasting event in television right. history, which we'll, we'll go into detail. I'm sure we'll probably get to that show I'm sure we at will. some point. So the recasting office is uh, another pretty simple game, as are most of ours, because we're simple people. That's right. Uh, the, the recasting office is where we choose one part in the show to be recast by any other actor in time. It, you know, yep. it doesn't have to be uh, a person of the same age in the same period. Can be anybody. So, Colin, would you like to go? I would love to. I would love to. I'm going to recast the dad very simply with Don Draper. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like a perfect fit. He won't even really have to change oh, that boy. much. Yeah. He's going to be equally as angry, equally as interested well, have in more money. Yeah, 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 they would have right. more money. Yeah, oh, they, they would. They, have they, they wouldn't money. be middle class anymore. No, yeah. I guess they would move out of the suburbs, or would yeah. they? I don't, I don't know. know. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, he he would wear the same shirts. Yeah, you know, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Don Draper. Mine was one that came up as is pretty simple. It was hard for me to imagine these iconic roles being played by anyone other than these actors in the show. The one that we that, that surprisingly wasn't that we, we wanted to <laughs> was the girl at the at the shore uh-huh. that Kevin Meech that we thought was going to Paltrow. <laughs> I would recast that part with actual teenage Gwyneth Paltrow. All right, 
it. I, I think I think <laughs> she would have done a better job. Yeah, I think it would, I would think so. So I, I think of all of the of the, the the cameos in this show, that was the one that was surprisingly missing, and so yeah. I would insert Gwyneth Paltrow in there. Although I, I have to say, as good as an answer as that is, and Colin is a good answer. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a really good answer. Yours, I, I would I would probably rather see Don Draper. As, as playing that part. If I had to watch one version of those of those two different uh, proposed shows, I, I think um, anytime I can watch Don Draper ruin the lives of more people, okay. <laughs> I'm going to take that option. And so it's I, real grumpy. I, I think round two goes to Colin. Oh, thank you. Right so we're so. tied up. We are. Yeah, it's a it's a death match in the third round. It is. It's going to get going to get ugly. So I, so Colin, would you like to spin the wheel? I would love to. Yes. Right. Here we go. Uh-oh. Oh. oh, boy. Okay. We've landed on Lost Cause. <laughs> oh, boy. So Lost Cause, every time, every time <laughs> I get the flashback. So uh, Lost Cause is a game where we we take the story of this show, the, the entire plot line of the series, and try and apply one of the devices. And another one of our favorite shows, Lost, uh, usually played this game before, so you may be familiar. But essentially, we propose either a flashback, a flash forward, or even a flash sideways, yeah. if it comes to that, for for this show to insert into it. And so, so whose who's turn is to go first? Uh, I think I think it is your turn. Okay, I'll I go, think you should. I'll go first. So mine, uh, and I, I would argue to say the winning answer probably. Ooh, let's find out. Is uh, you know two of the of the actors that show up in this show are Mark Paul. Gosler sure. and Dustin Diamond. Yeah. I don't think that's an accident, Colin. Okay. I don't think that's an accident. I think the flash forward that I'm proposing here is uh, after Mark Paul Gosler shows up in this show, something awful happens. Oh, no. Something awful happens. Unspeakable what tragedy. Happens? And he has to go into witness. I can't even talk about it. He has to go into witness oh, protection okay. program to Bayside High, sure. another part of California, as Zach Morris, thus starting Say by the Bell as a spinoff <laughs> of The Wonder Years. There's your flash forward. So if Bam. he's go, if he's going into witness protection, why is Dustin Diamond's character going with him? Well, because he was part of the crime. Clearly, knowing okay. and what we know about Dustin Diamond today, not surprising. Screech. We're we're kind of you know yeah. we're overlapping reality here. Sure. Are we surprised? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. So I, there you go. It's all it's right. it's origin story of arguably your favorite show of all time. Arguably, Saved by the yeah. Bell. One yeah. of there you go. That's, Top I, I 25 would, so, maybe. I'm going to go ahead and drop my mic. Okay. Well, let's hear my answer, uh-huh. and then we can decide who's the winner. Okay. All right. So so mine is a flashback. Okay. This is going to be uh, to Winnie Cooper's younger years. Uh-huh. When she was a little girl, she was riding her bike, and she fell, and she got a head injury. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not, it's not damaging her ability to process correctly it's just damaging the speed at which she processes things it's explaining why she wow takes so okay. long to answer questions wow i i'm i'm in shock i'm gonna ladies and gentlemen of the showdown podcast there's probably a better answer universe <laughs> i don't even know where to start the colin okay. Has uh, advocated. Nope, nope, not not child facts. injury. <laughs> nope, no advocating. And used that to explain <laughs> not why. at all. She's just a reserved. It's a fake character. Little person. Oh, now you're saying she's. You said she was a space cadet, and that she was basic. I that, that's not. That doesn't yeah. sound like something I would have <laughs> said. Go to the tape. I'm not a monster. Rewind the tape. So, Colin's, <laughs> a, mon- a, Colin's a monster. We don't have tape. And I'm gonna go ahead and I, I guess I win that last round because. <sighs> 
I'm pretty sure what you said is a is a felony. It's not. No, I'm not advocating for anything. It's fictional. Whoa, it's a okay. stunt. So it's, now it's just a stunt. Well, no, so it in means the show, nothing. Okay, you're it's just, not. It's just a throwaway. You're, you're just ridiculous. <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, I'm gonna need to lay down after this. So, um, I will gladly move the segment along and claim the championship. Okay, for uh, the show. <laughs> Let's move it along for the Wonder Years uh, showdown episode. I, I think we both uh, competed. Very well. Should we do a quick review of the answers that no, we... No, we're good. Okay. All right. So we'll... <laughs> no, so, so, we don't usually do that. So okay. there's no need to do so it this time. Well, so I'll, unless, I'll, unless you want Daniel Stern to narrate it oh, for that us. Would be, that would be amazing. Uh, so, that would be amazing. That's okay. my Daniel wow. Stern impression. Is he here? Wait, did we... <laughs> did he just call in? I'm the sticky bandit. Okay. Nope. It's not him. Confirmed. It's not him. Okay. Uh, sweat bandit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> second movie, he was the sticky bandit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Home yeah. Alone 2, Lost in why New York. You, why did you go directly to Home Alone 2? Because it's the better All one. Right, that's it. Boom, we're done here. mic drop. We're done here. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I'm you've, just kidding. You've, you've it's not the better one. I don't think that. Committed max offense. <laughs> okay. um, so, I was just kidding. I was just trying to troll you. Okay. So, all right. We're done. Uh, so, we'll, with that, we'll, we'll apologize to our listeners. Sorry, and, and, and thank you for joining us here. We have fun on the podcast, obviously. We hope you had a fun time, too. Please come and visit us at www.showdownpodcast.com to play along. Check out past episodes. Uh, check out the leaderboard. All sorts of fun stuff on there. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you want at the Showdown Six. We got all sorts of information about us and upcoming episodes and all sorts of weird stuff that we find out about these shows that we review. Uh, and we'll see you next time. As always, I'm Cliff. I'm Colin, and this is the Showdown signing off. Shh.